We shall now turn to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. Genesis 3 verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Here in Genesis chapter 3, we have one of the most important chapters in the Bible. It's vital for our understanding of God, of man, of sin, and of salvation. This third chapter of Genesis is fundamental to our understanding of the rest of the scriptures. Here we see why we are born sinners and why we are born into a world, a world of sin and a world of misery. People say, why is there so much suffering in the world? Well, here we see the reason why, the sin of man. But here too, we see God's salvation, God intervening, and intervening at the very point where man sinned. <clears throat> well, first of all, in looking at this passage, I would like us to consider man in his original state, in the bliss that he was in, in his original state. God created everything in the space of six days and all very good. He created the earth, he created the sun, the moon, the stars, he created heaven as well as earth, he created everything. And he created, particularly, he created man in his own image. Different from every other creature, like his creator. In the image of God in knowledge, righteousness and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. <clears throat> Man was to be righteous, and he was righteous, and he was holy, and he knew his God. And he was in a loving relationship with his maker. There was no suffering, there was no pain, there was no death. There were no pests in the world to begin with. There were no weeds in the world. It was a beautiful world. Beautiful in every way. There were no natural disasters. No storms or hurricanes. No earthquakes or volcanoes. No floods. Everything was orderly, beautiful, harmonious and peaceful. God created Adam. And then he created a wife for Adam, a woman like himself, one who would be intelligent as he was, and one who would 
be able to share with him, to talk with him, to live with him, to rule with him, and to serve God with him. They lived in harmony and in happiness together. And from time to time, God came down and walked with man in the garden and talked with man. How wonderful it must have been. It was like heaven on earth, God dwelling with man in the garden of Eden. Man created to glorify and to enjoy God. And man naturally, easily, joyfully glorifying and enjoying God. Very, very different from our present world with sin, with misery, with suffering, with death. So that's man's original bliss. Secondly, we see Satan's clever temptation. Satan was part of the creation. He was an angel, a leading angel. And the angels were created along with the rest of creation in the six days. In six days, we're told, God made heaven and earth and all that in them is. That's the fourth commandment. Tells us how heaven and earth and all that in them is were created in six days. So the angels were created along with mankind in these six days. The angels were created perfect. They were happy. They were glorifying God. But Satan rebelled. And others, other angels rebelled with him. So Satan, <coughs> Satan and the angels who rebelled with him were cast out of heaven. <clears throat> and here we're told that Satan entered the Garden of Eden. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, but serpents don't speak, do they? Snakes don't speak. But here we have a snake possessed by the devil. <clears throat> he came down, he entered into the garden, took possession of the snake, and he spoke to Eve. Why did he speak to Eve? Why not to Adam? Well, he liked to approach indirectly. Adam was the one to whom God had spoken. Adam was the one with whom God had made the covenant. Adam was the covenant head. If Eve had eaten the fruit and Adam had refused, the human race would not have fallen because the covenant was made with Adam. And indeed we see when she did eat the fruit that nothing really happened. It was only when Adam, when she gave to Adam and he did eat, that they realized they fell. <clears throat> so he comes to Eve, sees Eve as a way to approach 
Adam. God had made his covenant with Adam. And he says, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The suggestion that God limits your freedom. He didn't say, Now God has allowed you to eat of the millions of trees in the garden, apart from just this one. Turned it the other way around, laying stress upon the limitation. And that's what Satan always does. True freedom is to be found in obeying God. But man thinks freedom is to be found in sin. Hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman replies, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. There we notice that Eve doesn't exactly say what God said. God said, you shall not eat of it. He didn't say, you shall not touch it. It's just as serious to add to God's word as it is to take from it. Here she is adding to the word of God. And you remember how it says in the book of Revelation, if anyone shall add to the word of God, God shall add to him the plagues that are written in the word. And if any man shall take away from the word of God, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. So it's serious to add to God's word. So that's the first problem arising. Ye shall not eat of it, God said, neither shall ye touch it. Well, she was adding to the word. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. So here we find a direct contradiction of the word of God. God said, In the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Satan says, You shall not surely die. Casting doubt on the word of God. And of course he's been doing that ever since. You shall not go to hell. You shall not be lost. It's all right to do it. You'll feel great. But the Bible says, yes, yes, the Bible says, the soul that sinneth it shall die. But really, nobody goes to hell. In fact, there's no such place as hell. And if there was a hell, well, it's only for the really worst of people. God could never send you to hell. He whispers these thoughts into the hearts of men and women today. And so generally you find in the Christian church today that people no longer believe that there is a hell. outcast upon the word of God you shall not surely die for God doth know that in the day ye eat of it then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil so first he denies the word of God and then he asserts the lie God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof 
Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, there was a a morsel of truth in that. Satan likes to have a little bit of truth mingled with his lies. Yes, their eyes would be opened. And their eyes were opened. And their eyes were opened to to sin and to misery. And their eyes were opened to the blissful, blessed state they had in paradise. And the miserable state that they had after the fall. And their eyes were opened to their nakedness. And their danger as sinners in the presence of a holy God. Your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods. Yes, they would make gods of themselves. And that's what man's been doing ever since. Man makes a god of himself and worships himself and lives for himself and pleases himself and his world is self-centred and self is what he worships, isn't it? (coughs) You shall be as gods, silly little gods, gods whose destiny is in hell. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil, Rather, he should have said, you shall be like me, the devil, miserable and damned. You shall be as gods, he said, Satan's clever temptation. Here he comes to our first parents. He comes to Eve and he approaches Eve and he tempts her. Adam was the head of the human race. He was the one that God had placed as our representative in this covenant of works with himself. And Adam stood there for Eve and for their children and for all the children of mankind that would later be born. Adam was our representative. So Satan seeks to approach Adam indirectly, First through Eve, and then Eve comes to Adam. We're told that when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Don't argue with Satan. He always wins. He's too clever for you and me. Flee from fornication. Flee from idols. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't talk to Satan. Turn your back on him. But the woman listened to Satan. And when she saw the tree that was good for food. It was a fruit tree. And the fruit looked good to eat. But especially a tree to be desired to make one wise. 
she believed Satan rather than God. She took the fruit thereof and she ate it herself. And then she gave to her husband and he did eat. She took over the leadership role. Adam was to lead his wife and lead his wife in the worship and service of God. But she became the leader. She took over. She ate and she gave to Adam. And he joined with her. He followed her and he did eat as well. You shall be like gods. How different it would turn out to be. She listens to Satan. Listen to Satan yourself and you can be sure that he lead you into sin and into misery. He wants you to assert your independence from God. To make a God of yourself. To take over the place of God. So thirdly, we see the state of bliss. We see Satan's clever temptation. And then thirdly, our parents, our first parents, sin and shame. Eve gave place to the devil. She listened to him. She looked at the tree, good for food, desired to make her wise. She took of it and she ate it. She knew it was wrong, yet she did it. And when she had eaten it herself, she gave it to Adam. And then immediately something happened. They felt naked. They felt ashamed. In the day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. In that very moment, they both died. Died spiritually. Died to God. And having died spiritually, death means separation. They felt their separation from God. They became aware of their shame and nakedness. And they were afraid. Why naked? Because naked means vulnerable, in danger, nowhere to hide, nothing to cover. And particularly that nakedness would be focused upon the, the um, sexual organs because from these comes children. And so the focus is upon procreation and children, particularly naked there. Not just Adam and Eve affected, but the whole human race which would come from them was affected. You and I were in Adam, and you and I took that fruit that Eve offered, and we ate it, just as Adam ate it. He was our representative, and he was a perfect man. Perfect at that time, without any tendency to sin, without any 
weakness whatsoever. We're born into this world and sin is easy. Sin is natural. There's nothing easier to do than to sin. But here we see how it all came into this world through our first parents. We sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. And then we're told that they sowed fig leaves together. wonder have you thought what a fig leaf is like? Have you seen what a fig leaf is like? It's a leaf full of holes. Quite a jagged sort of thing. How silly. How impossible to make a proper apron out of something full of holes. But that's man, isn't it? The folly that came in with a with the fall of man. So pathetic. And then God comes into the garden. And how they used to love to meet with God and to talk with God and to fellowship with him. But now they don't want to meet God. They run away from him and they hide in the trees of the garden. They're ashamed. They're looking for somewhere to run to. They're wanting to stay away from God. They hide in the trees, but there's no hiding place. And when the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, in all his glory at the end of the world, men and women will look for a hiding place. They'll call on the mountains to fall on them, and the rocks to cover them. But the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. There's no hiding place. There's no hiding place for the sinner. Our first parents sin. They are ashamed. They have died. Death is separation. Died to God. Separated from God. Trying to cover themselves with fig leaves. And then hiding behind the trees in the garden. <clears throat> they are ashamed. Fourthly, notice the curses of God. Sin always brings misery. The devil, <clears throat> the devil promises happiness. <clears throat> but there's always a sting in the tail. Stolen fruit tastes sweeter. But in the end, there's bitterness. Part of my work <clears throat> as a minister in Glasgow involved, from time to time, meeting folk who were drug addicts. It was quite, <clears throat> it was quite sad to see these people. Maybe they were only in their 30s, <clears throat> but they looked to to be in their 60s, their bodies destroyed by drugs, their minds destroyed by drugs. They had started off with the promise of Satan. It'll be enjoyable, it'll be good. 
be wonderful and they had great time at their parties taking their drugs and feeling <coughs> the ecstasy that drugs brought but then the addiction and the misery and the poverty and the body destroyed and the mind destroyed and the early death that's Satan he destroys people <coughs> he promises promises so much <coughs> but his promises are lies God comes into the garden and God says Adam where are you you can't hide from me and Adam says I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself who told thee that thou was naked hast thou eaten of the tree of which I said to thee thou shalt not eat of it and Adam says the woman whom thou gavest to be with me she gave me and I did eat and the woman the woman said the serpent beguiled me he deceived me and I ate <coughs> sin and excuses and then the misery that sin brings Curses. First, God spoke to the snake <clears throat> Upon thy belly shalt thou go, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. The snake, whatever it looked like before, from now on <coughs> it would have to wriggle on its belly, and whatever it ate would be covered with dust. But more than that, I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. There would be that conflict between the snake and the woman. And it's interesting how, as people, as the seed of the woman, we particularly detest and dislike snakes. And how snakes don't like people there is that natural enmity between the animal that Satan possessed and man but of course the snake was at this time the dwelling place of Satan and the enmity would be between Satan and the woman and Satan's seed, Satan's children, and the seed of the woman. So there would be that hatred between Satan and the people of God and the children of Satan and the people of God. And the curse of God, in that sense, resting upon the devil. And then with regard to the woman, there's a curse too. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children. Her pain would be increased, her conception increased, 
and in sorrow and pain she would bring forth children. Pain coming into her experience and into the experience of the human race. And then with regard to Adam, by the sweat of his face he would eat bread. He would have to sweat, to toil. The ground would bring forth thorns and thistles. And so it would only be with hard work that he could earn his living. And that, of course, has continued to the present day. Not just the hard work in the fields, but the hard work in the office, the hard work in the place of employment, wherever it is, the strains, the stresses, the labour that's involved in making a living for ourselves. So the curse of God is there upon the snake, cursed above all animals to wriggle on its belly, to eat dust and to be hated by man. And the uh, curse upon the woman, pain and childbearing, and upon the man, dust thou art and to the dust thou shalt return, death. Aging process, sicknesses, diseases, and death. And all the pain and the suffering that's in this world all comes from the eating of the forbidden fruit. It all comes from that. Rebellion against God, choosing to listen to Satan rather than to God. So we have here then the curses of God. But then, finally, we see here also the mercy of God. And even in these curses, amazingly, there's mercy. At the very time when sin is punished, salvation is revealed. At the very time when death enters the world, the way to heaven is proclaimed. To the snake God said, I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Truly amazing words. They're called the Proto-Evangelion, the first announcement of the Gospel. Enmity between Satan, <clears throat> Satan's children, and the seed of the woman. And it's interesting now, it's not the seed of the man, but the seed of the woman. A particular reference to the virgin birth. Every other birth of a man, a child, man or a woman, a baby, is through men and women together. But here we have the seed of the woman alone, the virgin birth. She was the one, in a sense, through whom the sin came. She was deceived, and then she persuaded Adam to join with her in rebellion against God. 
and she is the one through whom the Saviour will come. The wonderful truth of the Gospel. Enmity between, yes, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And who was the one that was talking at this point in time? God. But which, which member of the Trinity? God the Son. He is the Word of God. He's the revealer of God. He is the one, down through the Old Testament, every time God appears to man or the angel of the Lord appears, it's the Son of God. So here is the very one who will take human nature and destroy the devil. Here he is speaking. At the very point where Adam and Eve have sinned, God comes into the garden in his wrath and curse upon mankind, but also revealing his mercy to mankind. And he says to the serpent, I will become the seed of the woman and I will crush your head. Yes, my heel will be crushed, but your head will be crushed. Serious though the crushing of a heel is, it's far more serious when the head is crushed. He will destroy Satan. And he himself suffering. A heel injury can be very painful. Yes, he will suffer. He will suffer on the cross. He will suffer death on the cross. But he will rise again the third day. But through his death, he will destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He destroys the devil. He crushes him. And so we have here this wonderful truth. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Oh yes, we see that enmity from very early on. The first child of the devil that's born, Cain, we see how he murders the seed of the woman, Abel. The godly Abel. And that persecution of the children of God, the seed of the woman, continued down through the centuries, continues to this present day, when it's reckoned there's more martyrs for the sake of Christ today than there was at any other period in the past. Many being beheaded, their throats slit, many in prison for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. And many suffering brutal deaths. Enmity between the woman and the, the serpent. Between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. But through this, a gospel. Through this, the serpent destroyed. His head crushed. And also even in the curse upon the woman. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children. In pain. But yet she would bring forth children. 
and she shall be saved in bringing forth children because in bringing forth children she shall bring forth the child of God the son of God who will be the saviour and then with regard to Adam too in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread the ground will bring forth thorns and thistles you will have to sweat for a living and yet God gives his providence his provision you shall live you shall eat bread till you return to the ground you shall have a day of grace in this world a day of salvation and then we are told that the Lord God made for Adam and Eve coats of skin so much better than coats made out of fig leaves so much better because where did the skins come from? from animals so the animals had to be killed animals had to be sacrificed and these animals were pointing forward to the Lord Jesus Christ who is sacrificed for us and we are, are as it were given coats made out of the skin of Christ he takes our sin upon himself And he gives to us his righteousness. He takes our rags. And he gives us a beautiful long white cloak of his own righteousness. So that we are fully clothed. Who are these arrayed in white raiment? These are they who have washed their robes. These are they that have passed through great tribulation. Yes, there is tribulation in this world. They've passed through great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The Lord's people. He provides us with clothes. Our Lord Jesus Christ hangs naked on the cross. And you and I are clothed. There we have the gospel. There we have it again. You have it in verse 15. The words addressed to, to the devil. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. But we have it also here in verse 21. The Lord God made coats of skin and clothed them. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners by birth. Sinned in Adam and fell with him. All of us are by nature on the road to hell. But there's a saviour. The son of God. Great is the mystery of godliness. God Manifest in the flesh. Manifest in the flesh. Taking our room. Taking our place. Dying for us. <clears throat> and for whom then is this covering? It's for whosoever will. A gospel freely offered to all. 
whosoever will let him take. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. One day soon, God's going to call you and me. Adam, where art thou? John, Mary, where art thou? And we will be called to stand before him. And will we stand before him naked and ashamed? Or will we stand before him clothed with the righteousness of Christ? Clothed with Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Let's pray. <clears throat> o Lord our God, we thank Thee that we have a gospel. We thank Thee that although we have all sinned and fallen, yet in Christ there is hope. We thank Thee that although Satan is very clever, very powerful, yet he has been defeated. His head has been crushed. And he is under the sentence of condemnation, reserved in chains to the great day. We bless thee, O Lord, that our Saviour has <coughs> triumphed and ascended up on high and gives gifts to men, even to the rebellious. We thank thee that he gives to us the gift of clothes. And we pray, O Lord, that every one of us would make sure that we are clothed with the Lord Jesus Christ. So help us then to seek the Lord while he is to be found and to call upon him while he is near. Bless us and be with us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 67. Psalm 67, the first version, we'll sing this whole psalm. Lord, bless and pity us, shine on us with thy face, that the earth thy way and nations all may know thy saving grace. Let people praise thee, Lord. Let people all thee praise. Oh, let the nations be glad. In songs that our voices raise. Psalm 67 to God's praise. Lord bless and
The intimations are as follows. The evening service is at the usual time of 6.30 p.m. The prayer meeting is on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. As Reverend Ian Smith has had to cancel the services, he was booked for, Reverend Stuart Farms has kindly agreed to take the prayer meeting on Thursday. The services next week at the usual times of 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Reverend John Angus Gillis has very kindly agreed to take these services. We regret to intimate that Reverend Raymond Kemp has informed Mr. McLean that he does not want the <coughs> process to call him to this congregation to proceed any further. <coughs> also, there will be no Sabbath school for the next two weeks due to the school holidays. <coughs> the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.